Hello and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting today with a new friend, um, Judy Weber. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Taylor, thank you. Excited to be here. I feel like we connected in kind of like a random divine way where you mentioned how someone said that like they found you through my podcast, but we don't really know how that happened. So we're like, well, let's bring you on the podcast. Yeah. And then we'll do a podcast swap and get you on mine. It's so good. Yeah. I feel like it was just like a little bit of a a sign for some reason. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation and, and see what, what comes through it. So Um, do you want to take a second to tell people just a little bit more about who you are, what you do? Sure. I am a former trial lawyer, corporate lawyer, C-suite executive, and turned business coach and scaling strategist. I have been in sales all my life, pretty much since graduating college. So we're talking about 30 plus years, which is kind of a scary number (laughs) for me, actually. But I specialize in working with Christian women because faith in Christ is at the center of everything I do. Um, I work with two types of women, those that are in the earlier stage of business, getting their first 100K and others in the mastermind that are looking to scale well beyond six figures towards seven figures. And the focus of my work is two things, simplicity and joy, because Mm. there's no need to overcomplicate. And if we're not having fun, what we're doing, then we really shouldn't be doing it. I love that. I that that's exactly what I'm all about too. The, the simplicity and the joy, enjoying the journey of it. And there's so much that I'm excited to dive into that I've seen you talking about that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Um, but I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about what inspired that transition from lawyer to coach. Long story. I have a windy entrepreneurial <laughs> story. I've been an entrepreneur since 2003. Just very short background. I, I am a small town girl from poor stock. Dad was a factory worker, mom stayed home. And so I always wanted to go to college. I knew I was going to go to college and I always had big dreams. I remember as a four-year-old saying, mommy, God told me I'm going to do something really important. And he goes, okay, mom goes, okay, Judy. And then later I said, you know what, mommy, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. And she's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> so wow. a little bit of unbelief there, but you know, when I think about what I've done, I mean, if you were seen where I live, you'd be like, what, how'd you even get to law school? I mean, it's all a miracle. You're talking about divine, like you and I meeting just the way that I even got into law school and somehow paid that off. And then um, the experiences, I I graduated the top of the class at at law school at Villanova and got a great job, but I got pregnant four months in. (laughs) And we're talking about 1995, which at the time I remember when I graduated, this is so interesting. When my mom, when I graduated law school, I remember my mom saying, Judy, it's a man's world. And I laughed. I said, mom, 
you don't have any idea what you're talking about. Oh, within like a month, I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> mom stayed home, but the wisdom, the wisdom that comes with age. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of sexism and a lot of crap and a lot of discrimination. So when I announced that I was pregnant, I was blacklisted. Like there's no partnership track for Judy anymore, which is really just yeah. shame. And I, there probably still goes on to some degree. So long story short, I had not one, not two, but three kids. And then I'm like, I didn't have kids to have somebody else raise them. So I left the practice of law and stayed home with my boys. They were two, four, and almost seven. But you know what? Within two months, I started my first business as an interior decorator. I'm not trained at all. My training was HGTV, but I just had this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I did a, a home show. And that weekend, I got 14 appointments. I walked away with 10 clients. And so to me, getting clients was easy. It was servicing them once I got them when I have, you know, all this responsibility. So anyway, long story short, um, eventually went back to the practice of law after a couple of years because we were going through divorce and then I was a single mama and all that. Anyway, so I love the practice of law. I love being in the courtroom and some days I miss it. Um, But then I got the opportunity to go in-house as general counsel and director of HR. I didn't know anything about HR, but... I stepped right in by God's grace. It, it was so much fun. Oh my gosh. I loved everybody there except my boss. He was a male chauvinist a-hole. Sorry, but he was. <laughs> and so after a couple of years, I remember coming home to my husband and I was crying and I said, honey, can I quit? I think it's time for me to be a coach. He goes, what's a coach? You know, so, but I always wanted to do this because of coming from where I came from and accomplishing the impossible. So you may have seen that on what I do. I'm all about pursuing the impossible. That's one of my isms. There is nothing Mm -hmm. we can't do. Christ can do anything. And if we put our minds to it, we can do it through him. And so um, he said, okay. And the rest is history. That was in 2017. And I so love what I do. And the ladies that I work with, they are just so on fire. I don't work with the fire tire kickers. I don't work with those that dabble, just like you, I'm sure. I work with those that whether you're a full-time mama and you know doing a side gig, or if you're all in, the point is you're committed to your business. And I just love, again, making it simple. It is so, that now is the best time to be an entrepreneur. There is no reason why you can't thrive and succeed. Oh my gosh. And it's so important right now. I mean, and it has been for a long time, like, especially for moms, but for anybody, like I always have to remind myself, cause this has been like pretty much my only like real thing, right? Like I've never worked in corporate or anything like that. And so I have to remind myself, like, it's not normal to have this amount of freedom. And like, just if I need to take the day off for my daughters or just cause I want to, I just do. <laughs> and it's so easy to forget that that's not, it's not that easy for everyone. So yeah, it really is a gift if you, yeah, just, if you take that chance on it. Yeah. And I'd love to just speak to that. Anybody that might yeah. be listening that is in corporate and you feel like that's security, you know, darn well, it's not. I mean, I remember when I had to, my husband worked a, a, a powerhouse job and I had a powerhouse job, but somehow it was on me to somehow clear my schedule to take off, to take my kids to the doctor, to go there, to watch their plays or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was funny because I was chastised for doing that. And I was told that I wasn't um, loyal, but my yeah. husband had it on the back when he did it. Oh, you're such a great dad. You're amazing. And, and I think that <laughs> still goes on. So anyway, the yeah. security is in you working for yourself. Oh my gosh. It really is. It really is. You know, I think people forget like 
it seems so reliable because you get that paycheck, but like you don't know where that company is headed or what's going to happen and layoffs happen and all this stuff. And there's totally ups and downs in entrepreneurship too. But, you know, if you really gain those skills, like obviously you did having multiple businesses, like you can learn how to sell. I mean, that, that's what makes me feel so secure. I'm like, you know what? Like, even if this failed, even if this fell apart for who knows what reason, I know how to sell. Like, and I can just like keep thinking of all these other businesses I could do and all these other things I could sell. Like, I never think like, I guess I could go back to a job because I'm like, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Like all these other businesses. Yeah. And, and you know, but back to the paycheck thing. It's so funny because I thought I made good money. In yeah. Health. I made more than that quarter one of this year. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. If you have the drive and the smarts, and I will say this, the transition to entrepreneurship was, was harder than I thought. You know, I'm yeah. so smart. I'm super, super driven. I'm not afraid of the work, um, but it is a whole new skill set, as you alluded to. You've got to know how to sell and be confident in doing that. I mean, how did you learn that? Like, it sounds like was the interior design business like your first time selling? Because it sounds like you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I graduated with a music ed degree. There were no teacher jobs in the greater Philadelphia area, which makes it well, maybe downtown, but I wasn't going to go downtown. Um, and they said, oh, go out West. There's a bunch of teaching jobs there. No, thank you. I'm an East coast girl. Uh, (laughs) and so I got a job at Macy's commission sales and I did so well, I got promoted into management and then I got a little big for my britches because I'm like, this is easy. And so then I went to outside sales, selling copiers and then selling dictaphone equipment for lawyers. And that's what got me into pursuing my love and, and desire to be a lawyer. Because I didn't think people like me could be a lawyer. But to answer your question, then, of course, as a lawyer, I'm selling. I'm selling yeah. in the courtroom every day. So I had my hand in sales all the time. And I've always been, um, how do I say this, unafraid. Like, like I'm bold. You know, I'm yeah. kind of a big mouth. And so that served me well, but I'm a lot different in sales today than I was then. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. I have some good questions, topics I want to go into. And you're so right. I do have going for those impossible goals written down. Like that totally is such a part of your messaging because that's one of them that's written down. But I want to start with this. You wrote on Instagram a post about the number one su- success metric being faith. And you said something about believing that you're doing your life's work and calling. Um, I thought that was so good. And it's so important because what I see in the coaching industry, especially, but I'm, I'm sure women feel this in all, all industries and all types of businesses they could have is this questioning of like, am I meant to be doing this in terms of like, we're always looking at how other women are so much better than us. I feel like, you know, so I mean, I'd love to hear more about what that means to you and what your advice for someone is who is kind of questioning, am I doing my life's work? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? Especially when they're not seeing like, I don't know. I think we expect like if I'm doing the right thing and it's aligned, everything will just take off so easily and so quickly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, For sure. Gosh, so many things. We could talk for the next three hours about this. Yes. (laughs) It's the heart of everything I do in my life and in my business. But for me, faith in Christ. And so if he's called me to this, then it's going to succeed because he's not a failure. He's a winner. And so, so am I. But to your point, that doesn't mean overnight success because Mm -hmm. 
have to learn and grow to be CEOs. Like I am such a different CEO today than I was even six months ago. And so um, there's, there's so much to learn in the process. So you have to, I think to succeed in business, you have to want it so much and feel that this is exactly what you are to do, like to understand your own gifts. I think women, number one, are too self-deprecating. Number two, our gifts that are our genius, we don't even see it because we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's hard for you. It's easy for me. And so it's so easy for us to say, oh, is that a special thing? It's like, yeah, Yeah. special thing. So, um, you know, we really need to decide, decide, decision-making. That's like the number one mistake too many don't make, because I didn't realize this when I was studying the word decide, because that was a big thing that God was giving to me a couple of months ago. A decision is really a two-part thing. It involves the choice, but then it also has the commitment piece to it. And so I love what I read in your bio, where you're like, in the early days of my business, I kept changing my offers. And so it was like decision made, but no commitment. And I'm not, you know, bastardizing you at all. I mean, we all do it. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. We've got to decide that this is what I'm doing. This is my genius zone and work with a couple of clients. And it doesn't, if the clients aren't coming in as fast as you want, don't focus on that. Focus on are the clients that I have getting results and let that confirm that what you're doing is exactly what you are to be doing. And last thing on that is when you are walking in your God-given purpose, the enemy, the devil will love to whisper in your ear. Who do you think you are? Sit down, shut up and tell you everything to get you off course. Cause he doesn't want to see you win. He wants to see you lose. And so again, that's where this decision and this commitment becomes so important. And it goes back to your faith. You have to believe before seeing you have to know before you see it. Oh my gosh. I'm sure we've all heard that in our ear, the sit down, who are you? I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I have felt that I'm sure we've all felt that. And I mean, this is just so, yeah, having that faith, remembering that this is what you're meant to do. I mean, what I hear in your story that was so powerful for me to like realize in my own, it was like all these little things that happened throughout your life that seem so like insignificant. Like the fact that you did get into sales and like, like, you know what I mean? The jobs weren't there. And then people told you to go here and there and you ended up where you, it seems so silly. And like, probably like in the moment, it just like a moment of your life. Like you were, you were so focused on getting to the next thing but it's all so divine. And it's like making you who you need to be and teaching you all the skill sets that you need. And then that served you in the first business and this business. And, um, I love when I hear people's stories, like listening for those little things, because <laughs> yeah. to me, those are those like divine moments, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you so many people say to me, wow, you've done a lot of things. You're kind of a jack of all trades. And I said, but you know what? It all got me to have this brain, like just just yesterday I was on a podcast and she said, um, do you, do you feel sad that you're not lawyering now? And I said, I use my lawyer brain every day. And what that means is that's where I learned how to think. And too many of us, we don't really take the time to think we just want to do, 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 but first we have to be, and then I think we have to think before we do. (laughs) And so uh, that's where I'm very strategic, man. I plan to win and I teach my clients how to be strategic and plan to win. And that's where I'm telling you, like a primary thing is managing your mind and not allowing the enemy's whispers of sit down, shut up. Who are you? You can't even let them in. Mm -mm. And what is your advice to someone like going back to the decision-making skill? Like let's just use, I mean, 
the many decisions you have to make on a daily basis as an entrepreneur and as you're planning your business and strategizing. But let's use that example of like trying to decide between like, do I start with a mastermind? Do I start with this? Or not even necessarily start, but like what's next? You know, what is your advice when a client is going back and forth on making these decisions like that? Sometimes I give them tough love more than anything (laughs) because I also ascribe to what I call the sophisticatedly simple business model. Like you can get to 200,000 and maybe even a little bit more with one offer. You can get to a million with one offer. Yeah. And so what I find is that so many um, have fallen prey to the gurus who say right out of the gate, have the value ladder from $27 on up to 20,000. And it's like, And no, because your messaging is going to stink. It's going to be general. You're not going to be seen as an expert by anybody. And then you're going to feel like, oh, it's crickets. I wonder why. No, the person that's going to buy $27 little thing isn't even going to think about being the one that's going to pay you 20 grand for your high-end mastermind. So I advise my client to say, um, think higher, start higher, you know, at least 5K. Every, if you're in business, you have the expertise to charge 5K and you could set the parameters of what that is, an eight-week thing or a year thing or whatever, but yeah. you have to think higher and um, just decide. And I kick their butts and I say, okay, these are the three simple decisions you have to make in any offer and realize every offer is a business, by the way. But if yes. you just, you can decide, I say, let's decide in this hour. Sometimes on a call, I say, okay, let's decide. What's it going to be? And they're like, oh, I can decide now. I said, well, yeah, how long do you want it to take? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and people don't realize, I mean, I love what you said about every business being an, uh, no, the other way around every offer being a business. Like when I, I started thinking of it like that too. And I was like, oh, this is a game changer. And I, people don't realize until they try that. I promise you the low ticket is just as hard to sell as the high ticket. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time, but sometimes they just have to try it to realize like, you still have to build that entire offer, that entire sales page, the whole back end and delivery, deal with the customer support, and then actually make the sales. And I, I see people do this where they think maybe if I do an offer that's like half as much or a third as much as I normally do, I'll sell way, way, way more spots. And then at the end of it, they're like, well, I did a whatever $500 program and I sold five spots. But then when I did my $5,000 program that I was so upset about only selling five spots, Maybe that one was more worth my while. (laughs) Maybe that was a win, even though my goal was 10, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to this point, you know, with every offer being a business, because this is where the messaging becomes so important because Mm -hmm. you can't be speaking. You have to set yourself up as an expert. And there is no way you could do that. Um, unless you position yourself high to be the best at what you do. And that's another thing women say, Ooh, I can't call myself the best. Well, why not? Are you mm-hmm. really great at it? You need to. So the positioning of you as an expert, and then the messaging that goes along with that, they're calling out the world. And I say, you got to niche down. Who is your best client? Not all. So each offer has a best client. They have their specific messaging. And that's why just what you said, I love how you talked about the back end. That's like the easy part. It's almost like it's, it's the marketing and actually getting people to come in. And like you said, they think, oh, okay, I can sell a $50 thing. No, it's going to be just as hard as a $5,000 thing or a $50,000 thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they're kind of the trend too to always create new offers and it's, the marketing and the sales, like, yeah, that is where most of your time goes. But when you're always creating new, 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 
I wish more people would let themselves experience the feeling of like, it's built, it's Mm -hmm. done. Like that's what, you know, I do have a handful of offers now, but it's like, I've been doing this for eight years. So like those have been built out over time. So for me to kind of sell different things at this point is so easy because I'm not doing a sales page. I'm not doing an email sequence. I'm not doing any module creation. Like I'm just kind of switching up what I sell sometimes now at this point, because I've taken the time to build it. But when you're trying to, I mean, my first year into a business, I was doing like a new offer every month. (laughs) It was horrible. (laughs) But I did the same thing. And I don't know anybody who didn't, especially when you're wired like a woman, we're multitaskers. Our brain can think of a thousand things at once. It's not optimal. Don't do it. I'm teaching Mm -hmm. myself more and more every day, not to multitask, but um, we're creatives and it's what we do. Oh, this is a great yeah. idea. That's a great idea. But to your point, yeah, decide one offer. Yeah, totally. I want to talk about the pursuing the impossible. So something that you wrote in one of your posts was expect miracles, pursue even impossible goals and believe it shall be done. I loved this because I hear, I don't know if you hear this from your clients, but from my clients a lot, I hear especially like really high achievers who have been going for really big goals. And maybe they're kind of building up this feeling of disappointment because you don't hit them all the time. I mean, you and I both know that they start to feel like having these really huge goals is really heavy. It's really draining. It's really stressful. That's what I hear a lot. So I'm really curious, you know, with this quote in mind, like what is your perspective on that? Yes. To answer your question directly, absolutely. Just two weeks ago, before I went on vacation, one of my clients, and I said, what is your goal for the year? You keep dragging your feet. I need to know where we're headed in order to best help you. And she's like, I don't know, Judy, I feel like just what you said, it's pressure. Um, Do I have to have a goal? I said, yes, we have to know where we're going. But what if, what if the goal wasn't like this pressure thing, but um, what if it was just something that you expected to happen and you just believe it? Like, so I, I, I think this whole idea of belief ahead of yeah. time, especially, that's where it's like, um, well, it seems impossible, you know? And I'm like, well, if you only made 20,000 last year and you're looking to make a million this year. Yeah. I think that's kind of nutty. Like, yeah, that that's pretty much out of range. But if you've made 300 last year, I don't see why you shouldn't make 600 this year. And, and yes, you've never had those size months before, but why couldn't you? It's just because then it's like you made 300,000 in 12 months. Now we're going to learn how to do it in six months. And then later you're going to do it in three months, you know? So it is just teaching them that. But but the purpose of the quote on uh, pursuing the impossible is when I looked back on my life, yeah. I saw that all I ever did was pursue the impossible, the impossible of getting into college, the impossible of getting into to law school, the impossible of getting a cushy job as an attorney in a major firm. And then the, 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 the impossible of having 10 clients from my first business within a couple of weeks and, and just on and on and on. And who the heck am I? I'm nobody special. So um, it, my whole mantra is let's normalize miraculous results. And so I love yours, like normalizing millions. It's like, yes, let's go. Why is it less than 2% of women hit seven figures? That's nonsense. Like I'm on mission to make that number high, 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 because there's no reason why it shouldn't be. And the only thing stopping us is our belief. It's our brain. It's our thoughts around what we can really do. But where I bring faith into it is guess what? Take the pressure off yourself. It's not really you. You have to do your part. But when you show God that you really do have faith, that you will succeed and hit your goals and you step out in that leap of faith, 
he's going to step in and do the miracle. So it's really on him, not on you. So that's kind of how I look at it and how I, how I kind of try to help my clients look at that goal pressure in a different way. Oh, I love it. You speak my language. I feel like so much of what you're saying, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. (laughs) So, so good. And it kind of leads me into this next thing I wanted to talk about, which is actually what I thought I would start with, but it all works out perfectly is as you're saying this, like trusting God, like, you know, show him that you're, you have faith that these goals will happen. I think that we tend to kind of think we feel guilty for wanting that much money. And it almost kind of feels like that doesn't count. Like that's for some reason we think like God doesn't want us to have that, or that doesn't count, or it's bad to want that. It's bad to ask for that. It's too big. Who am I again, right back to that, that thought, like, who am I? I I mean, I'm sure you get this with your clients, you know, talking about doing business God's way. Like what's your thoughts on that? Like feeling guilty for wanting so much money. Yes. Oh my goodness. Again, we could talk for hours on this Yeah. because I come from poor stock plus was raised in the church. When I think first Timothy six ten was misquoted, it's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. You will never hear me say, I love money. I love, I love God. I love people, all people. Um, But let's be real. Money opens up opportunities. And I gave, I tied more last year than I made a couple of years ago. And I can't wait until that number just keeps going up, up, up. So, so the more money we make, number one, the more impact we're having changing lives and the ripple effect of that is insane. And then also the more we can donate. And, and so the quote is not, you know, money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And so I keep, and then another thing that the Christian women get wrapped up is, well, isn't this selfish ambition? Wait a minute. Yeah. You, all you do clients, and this is, I'm sure your clients do too. All they do is say, Jude, I love my clients. I just want to serve them. Okay. Then that's not selfish. No. You are being well compensated because the value you're giving is three times that five times that 10 times that. Right. And so it, it's really getting out of our own way on the guilt. Again, you know, who's trying to tell you to stay small. It's the enemy. He wants mm-hmm. to steal, kill, and destroy. And we really have to stop feeling guilty about, oh, here's another thing. Two things I want to say. The parable of the talents. If you're familiar with that parable in the Bible, what did God say to the one who didn't do anything with the talent, but buried it? He said, go away from me, you wicked, evil servant. So think about that. I'm going to be so bold as to say, I think it is a sin to bury and play small on your business, on your talents. That's like, you wicked person. I gave you all this talent and you're keeping it to yourself. That's the selfish. And the last story I just heard yesterday when I was interviewing um, a beautiful beautiful singer-songwriter, Meredith Andrews, she told me about a friend who was in a bad way financially. And so she prayed, Lord God, give me a billion dollar business idea, a billion dollar business idea. Do you know that very, this is years ago, that very Sunday, the pastor interrupted himself in a sermon. He goes, okay, this never happened before. God told me there was a stay-at-home mom here somewhere in the congregation. And I want you, he's telling me to tell you to be aware your billion dollar idea is coming your way. (laughs) That is so crazy. So to say that God will, you know, bastardize you 
for pursuing the ambition that he put in your heart. That's insane. That's just the devil. Oh my gosh. That was so powerful. I literally got goosebumps to that story. Like that was so good. I feel like we just need a moment. (laughs) Talk about divine. Like, yeah, all those things come together. Only God could have set that scenario up. Yeah. And you know what you got me thinking is like, no wonder that when, cause I've done this. Right. And so I know the feeling like when you're, when you're going back and forth, like on, you, you know, you want this goal and it's a money goal and you're going back and forth and you're telling yourself you're not good enough or you shouldn't go for it. Or you're making all these stories about it. It never feels good. Like, I think we sometimes, if, if we're trying to convince ourselves not to go for a goal, for some reason, we try to like find peace with it, but it's like, it feels so conflicting when you're trying to play small and you're trying to pretend you don't want something that you actually want. And I think like you just explained it so beautifully. Why? Because we're meant to follow those goals and those desires. And, and like you said, use our gifts and help people. And, um, yeah, I think what if we just trusted more that there was a reason that those numbers and those big ambitions or whatever you want to call it are on our heart, you know? And yes, my it just it kills me because my clients are like the sweetest women in the whole world who want to help this cause and that cause and change all these clients' lives and I'm like, how could you ever feel guilty or non-deserving of these things that you want? Like if anything, even their big crazy goals are trying to talk themselves out of. I'm like, let's double or triple that because like you're so deserving of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this idea of in, of this indecision and the waffling back and forth, that feels like crap. And yeah. they almost think it's going to make them feel better to play small, but you still feel like crap. So why not go for it and, and talk to God and say, Lord, do you really have this for me? I mean, I remember I'll give you another quick example. When I was having to go back to the law and um, buying a house on my own, all that stuff. And so it's so funny. I sat there and in sales, I know I'm not the first person to throw out a number, right? So I'm sitting there in the interview and she goes, Judy, how much money do you need? And I had a number in my head. And I said, well, what are you willing to pay me? Do you know the number that came out of her mouth was the exact number in my head? Exact. And it wasn't like 125. It was like an odd number. So I'm wow. like, That's it. So, so we really need to just talk to God and then take time to hear. And then trust. It's not like you don't have to like say, can you, can you confirm that like five more times? No. Trust it the first time. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. <laughs> can you talk? I want to talk a little bit. I think this might be my last my last thing that, that connects to this is like timing, right? Because I think that we put such a strong expectation on the timing that our goals happen. And that's another reason why we try to like we take that as a sign. Well, it didn't happen this launch. Or, I mean, the fact of the matter is there are women who I think, I mean, I've seen it with some of my clients where I've had some clients that are long-term clients and sometimes they're in and out of different containers or, you know, they take breaks, but like over the course of three or four years, I've seen women go from nothing, homeless, so struggling, can't make a sale to save their life, doing everything right. It makes no sense to multi-six figure business. And those three to four years feel very long, (laughs) but I'm like, thank God they kept going because I know most people wouldn't. And so, um, I love to talk about this topic of just like timing and how we put so much expectation on that. Yeah. I always say, well, two things. Number one, earlier in the interview, and I wrote it down, you said it all works perfectly. 
And I think that's a mindset that we just have to decide that's what I'm going to believe. Even yeah. if it leaves, I'm going to say, it's fine. It's all working out perfectly for me. It's, it's exactly as it's supposed to be, right? Or if you get on a sales consultation and they don't say yes, okay, it's all working out perfectly because I have the better client right behind it, ready to come. You know, I, they may not even have met me, but they're going to meet me today. So we have to approach every day with that idea that everything works out perfectly for me. Okay. And it may not happen the way I want it, but it's happening and it's coming. And then on the idea of goals and timing, I always say, let's keep our goal. And if we need to extend the time frame, like if we have a six month goal, we don't quite hit it. Okay, great. Let's keep going. Don't like restart the, the goal yeah. and go back to zero. Let's say, okay, I didn't hit it in six. Maybe I'll hit it in eight. Yeah. And when you hit it in eight months, like usually you don't even care anymore. <laughs> You're like, <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> it feels so good anyway. But if you give up after the six months, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and we need to celebrate more because what's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the circumstance is a neutral thing, whatever the dollar amount is. One person could look at it and say, wow, that stinks. Another person would say, wow, that's amazing. And so we really have to just like give ourselves grace and celebrate even the little things. So every Friday in all of my containers, I say, okay, Tell me what big thing happened, what little thing happened. It all matters, even if it's like a mindset shift or like a, just like, yeah, a, it all gets you to um, the progress in the whole entrepreneurial journey. 100%. Sometimes those mindset shifts are way more valuable than a financial win in that moment because they'll carry you through for so long. So I love that you mentioned that. Absolutely. For sure. So good. I loved this conversation. This was so inspiring for me. I'm so excited to get it out for all of you guys who are listening to hear, because I know it's going to be so impactful for so many people. So thank you so much for this conversation today. You are so welcome. Listen, uh, I don't want to overstep, but I have a little something for your listeners, if that would be okay. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So I have a hiring guide because what I find is that too many women are doing too many things. They're being a solopreneur well beyond six figures. And then they're like, you know, pulling their hair out. So I'd like to offer them a hiring guide because it's time to take the guesswork out of hiring. It's absolutely free. If you go to judyweber.co slash hiring guide, you can grab that today. And I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. Um, I just love to give as I'm sure you do. And so thank you for that opportunity. I hope it blesses many. Oh my gosh. I love it. Definitely. You guys go check that out. We'll link to it. And we'll also be sure to link to your Instagram and your podcast, which you guys will hear me on as well. So I'm super excited for that. <laughs> Thank you so much, hon. I really love this interview. Oh my gosh. You are so welcome. Thank you. All right. To everyone listening, I will talk to you in next week's episode. Bye guys. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.